welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game, and occasionally a 7800 game, and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 138. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to everybody. How's it going? We have in the podcast studio today an occasional guest host. Who's here with me today? Sophie. Yeah, Sophie's in the house today. She was making breakfast this morning using eggs, so I guess that inspired her to be on a on an egg-themed podcast today, which we'll talk about in a minute. Why don't we start things off, as we usually do, with a Mad Mike Hughes update. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship, or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. Sophie, do you remember who Mad Mike Hughes is? A person that's angry. Well, I don't know that he's necessarily angry. He is the guy out in Nevada who is trying to raise money to build a rocket that will take him up into the lower atmosphere so that he can take photos and prove that that may or may not prove. He's kind of waffled on that. Uh, First he said he was definitely going to prove that the world is flat. Now he's kind of saying, well, he's going to go up there and take photos to see if the world is flat. People have already proven that the Earth is not flat. Well, this is kind of the counterpoint, Sophie. But he, he, mostly what he's doing right now is just asking for money. He is, he's got a documentary out. Supposedly he's going to be on that CBS Sunday morning show that we watch sometime. Uh, That actually might be coming up. Might be tomorrow. We watch it on Sunday. As I'm recording this. So we'll have to watch for that. He released a biography, which I got on Amazon for four bucks. In real time, as I was recording the episode last week, I found it and bought it, and I have read a little bit of it. It's not a long book, uh, but I had a few minutes one day, uh, so I started reading. It's about 80 pages long. Mad Mike Hughes' The Tell-All Tale, it's called. Curiously, there's no author listed, but it's not presented as an autobiography. It's kind of weird. The writing goes kind of drifts between third person and first person. And you're never really sure when you're going to get what. The book is also desperately in need of a copy editor. Because there are a ton of fragmented sentences and uh, wrong words. And it's just a badly written book. I've only read a short amount of it, I guess I should say. So far, I've found out that Mad Mike's dad worked in an auto body shop. And for a while, had a, a brief and apparently not all that successful career as a race car driver. And that is evidently where Mad Mike got his his uh, craving to try extreme sports, like race car driving and motorcycles. And he, I guess, himself was a motorcycle, I think it was a motorcycle driver, and has broken a bunch of bones and all that sort of stuff. And that's all I know about Mad Mike's history so far. I will keep you updated as the book progresses. Okay, so let's check in with Mad Mike on Facebook, as we often do. Do you want to be a uh, motorcycle racer, Sophie? Race car driver or motorcycle racer? Why would anyone want to? I don't know, it's thrilling. You just said he broke a bunch of bones. He, according to him, that's just part of the deal, man. It just happens. Let's see. Uh, Oh, Mad Mike has given us a, a public service warning. For some reason, MGTV, whatever that is, has started the Mad Mike Hughes Live website. This is a fake site. Repeat, the Mad Mike Hughes Live website on MGTV is a fake site. Don't go there, Sophie. Yes, sir. All right. They are currently working on disabling the site. 
let's see. There is still a GoFundMe for Mad Mike. Oh, this is a different one. Somebody has started on behalf of Mad Mike. I don't know if it's with or without his consent. They have started a Mad Mike for Governor, uh, a GoFundMe to raise money to erect, I guess, a Mad Mike for Governor billboard. So they want him to be governor? I guess. Oh, this is interesting. So, somebody posted that to Mad Mike's page. But if you click on the link and you go to GoFundMe.com, it says campaign not found. The campaign link you entered it cannot be found. Interesting. Somebody must have taken it down, I guess. Oh, wait, let's look at the comments. The first comment, most recent comment, or first comment, I guess, jumping Jehoshaphat. That's actually what it says. Not again. Your GoFundMe campaign has been taken down? What do they mean, deceptive in nature? Seriously. Somebody responded that you think they somehow found out that Mad Mike wasn't running the campaign? So, I guess GoFundMe uh, was worried that it wasn't actually Mad Mike setting this up. And, shockingly, they wondered where the money was actually going. Let's see. There's also a supporter review of Mad Mike's book. Mad Mike used the Tell All Tale. Excellent book, Mike. Keep inspiring people. Hmm. I wonder if he was reading the same book I was. Uh, more uh, griping because the uh, Mad Mike for Governor site was taken down. Somebody else thinks that he should leave the politicking to the politicians. <laughs> you want to run for governor, Sophie? No, that's uh, a lot of work. Okay. And you can't stay in your pajamas till noon. Good point. Well, you could, I suppose, but you probably shouldn't. Well, yeah, because what if you have a meeting, like, in the morning? You can't go talk to people in your pajamas. So, to recap, Mad Mike, autobiography or biography, whatever it is, not a good book. Mad Mike for Governor, not true. That site that I've already forgotten the name of on MGTV, not a true website. Have we covered everything? For him? Yes, Daddy, you're kind of mean. Mad Mike is kind of frustrating me at this point. Oh, you might like this, though. He's working with a company to make a Mad Mike Hughes stuffed bunny. Really? Yeah. He's going to prove the world is flat by making a stuffed bunny? No, he's going to take people's money with a stuffed bunny. I would buy a stuffed bunny. I buy a real bunny. This is what I'm saying. And Mad Mike could pocket that money um, and, I don't know, do whatever with it. What if Mad Mike listens to your podcast? And you're saying I all this bad stuff. I think that would be awesome. Mad Mike, if you're listening, come on the show. You're, I'm not sure how old you are, actually, but you're older than me. I'll bet you've played some Atari games. Go ahead. I'd have Mad Mike on the show, sure. Well, not? he's not going to want to because you just said his book was not good. No, that's how these guys think. He would want to come on the show to prove to me that the book is good and that his quest to shoot himself into space with a rocket is not crazy. So, yeah, absolutely, Mad Mike. Bring it. You want to come on the show? Let's do it. And Santa Claus, if you're listening, you're welcome too. Yes, and also Santa Claus. Um, do we have anything else to say about Mad Mike? He's angry. Okay. Thus concludes this week's Mad Mike Update. Woohoo! Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship, or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. What else is in the news? Let's see. Oh, Sophie, you know how every Christmas I make you watch Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas? You do? 
Well, no, actually, I kind of gave up making you watch it a while ago. But I watch it every year. Yeah. You remember what that one is, right? The Little Family of Otters. And it's Christmas time. And they're trying to raise money. They want to win some money to buy a guitar for Emmett and a, a, a new piano for his mom. And Kermit the Frog is in the beginning of it. It's, it's puppets and stuff. Oh, yeah. I yeah. kind of remember it. Well, now, this November, coming this November, you can buy on CD, probably on iTunes, too, the... Uh, soundtrack. There's all sorts of songs in there. The soundtrack for Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. I'm a diehard Emmett Otter fan. I know Sean Courtney's listening to the podcast. He is also, he may even be a bigger Emmett Otter fan than me. So there's two of us out there that are excited about this. I can tell Sophie's just beside herself with joy over this, which is good because that's all you're getting for Christmas. No, on Christmas, Mary Poppins Returns come out. Well, that's a movie in the theater. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to go watch So all it. you want for Christmas is to go see the Mary Poppins movie? Yes. No. Oh. Sorry, Santa. I thought you were going to have an easy Christmas this year. So, yeah, I am excited about Emmett Otter's soundtrack coming out. If any of you other, if anyone out there has any strong thoughts about that, one way or the other, let me know. Who knows? Maybe I will do an Emmett Otter soundtrack review this winter when it comes out. All right. Is there any other news we need to talk about? that listeners of this show would actually care about? There's a hurricane. Well, yeah, uh, as we're recording this, there's a hurricane. Hurricane Florence is going on. Um, if any of you guys, that's a good point. If any of you guys are in the path of the hurricane, uh, having to deal with all that, good luck. Um, <laughs> uh, obviously, you've got other things to worry about than this dumb show. But if this uh, dumb show can give you some relief, uh, distract you a little bit. Um, enjoy because I'm here. Enjoy because Sophie's here. You know, that's that's the very least that we can do for you. Uh, everybody listening, if you can donate to any uh, uh, service organizations, you know, relief funds, anything like that, please do so because you know this is a horrible thing. We fortunately don't live in the path of hurricanes. We deal with tornadoes sometimes, but uh, uh, we do not have to deal with hurricanes, so we we are fortunate for that. But we uh, you know we certainly feel for the people who who are. All right. Oh look, Henry's here. Hi, Henry. <laughs> What? I didn't realize the studio what was going to be so crowded today. I said, oh, look, Henry's here. What? Henry. Okay. Henry's being a goofball. I'm here, peoples. Yeah, what so you talking about? We were just doing the news part of the show right now. Ooh, Buckbuck's here. Is there any news we need to talk about, Henry? Yes. Well, this ought to be good. What is it? That I'm awesome. You heard it here, folks. Henry is awesome. That's debatable. Debatable. All right. Well, let's get on to this week's game. Please. We got stuff to do today. All right. This week's game is Crackud. Uh, from Atari 1988. This, of course, is a game for the 7800. I pronounce it Crack-Ud because if you look at the um, photo art, the, the cover art, uh, it's C-A-R-C-K apostrophe E-D, and the E-D is kind of off-center, kind of tilted. So it looks to me not like Cracked. It looks like Crack-Ud. Plus, mm-hmm. it's just fun to say it that way. Crack-Ud. Crack-Ud. It's an egg-based game. Uh, basically, you look at the cover, and it pretty much tells you everything you need to know, right? There's it's about Humpty Dumpty. 
Well, that's kind of the impression. Although, it turns out it's not exactly about Humpty Dumpty, or Billy at all, arguably. There's a tree with some nests full of eggs, and I'm looking at the cover art. There's a huge egg cracked at the, the bottom of the photo, and a big egg yolk. Um, you have some creatures here, some, bird, uh, some birds, a snake. I uh, got some eggs falling out of the tree. And an angry-looking mouse. Yeah, is that a big mouse, I guess? I guess so. All right. So, we're told that as a professional ornithologist... Do you know what an ornithologist is? No. Ornithologists study birds. You are a professional ornithologist. And you're thrilled to find out that some rare South American hornbills have nested in your old yolk tree. But while the hornbills are out feeding... A group of mischievous bluebirds, owls, and snakes began raiding their nests and stealing eggs. Folks, this is why I always say, nature is a big jerk. So we stay inside and play video games. Horrified, you get out your slingshot and begin hitting the marauding creatures. Okay, hold on. You're a professional ornithologist. Sophie has wandered out of the podcast studio for now. Things are quiet again. It's just me and Bug. Hey, uh... All right. Horrified, you get out your slingshot and begin hitting the marauding creatures. Uh, and again, a uh, professional ornithologist I don't think carries a slingshot. But you have to be careful. If you hit an egg-carrying bird, it drops the egg and you have to act fast to catch it before it hits the ground and return it to the nest. At the same time, you have to watch for snakes that may be sneaking up to the nests and gobbling eggs. If you can protect the eggs long enough, you can take them to another nesting site. But watch out, egg-stealing creatures are everywhere. It's like tax collectors and politicians. They're everywhere. Also, I've discovered over the years, Doctor Who fans. When I was a kid, uh, there were like four Doctor Who fans in America. And they all stayed in their houses because, as I said, nature is a jerk. Um, but now, uh, new Doctor Who is so popular that Doctor Who fans are everywhere. Just saying. So, to get started, we put the cartridge into the video console... According to this manual, as explained in your owner's manual. So if you're sitting there stumped, how do I put this cartridge in my console? Just get out your manual, and you'll be fine. Playing the game, the egg raids. Your goal is to prevent eggs from being stolen. When the game starts, you have five nests with five eggs. There are five nesting sites, each with with its own set of sneaky egg-stealing creatures. The nesting sites are the tree, with bluebirds, owls, and snakes, the sewer, with dunglings, rats, and dragonflies, the sea, squid, anchovies, and bubbles, the dungeon, ghosts, skeletons, and bats, and the moon, aliens, meteors, and spaceships, all of which begs many, many questions. In the field report, because I was distracted talking to you fine people, I did not get past the sewer, but when I was playing just briefly before I started recording, I got to the sea, and I was very confused by the concept of bird nests with eggs in them under the sea, but there it was. I am really perplexed by the idea that you're trapped in a dungeon and your big worry is these uh, eggs in a nest and I'm even more concerned about what you're doing on the moon. Um, We've been to the moon. We've sent rovers to the moon. We've uh, taken pictures of the moon. I have never once seen NASA send back an image of a bird's nest full of eggs on the moon. Also, what do the spaceships and aliens want with our eggs? Given a choice, I guess I'd rather the aliens take our eggs than, like, take me. Also, you're an ornithologist, not an astronaut. How did you get to the moon? How do you breathe on the moon? Can eggs even develop on the moon? Would an omelet taste different in outer space? 
so many questions. Egg protection strategy. Try to hit creatures before they get an egg. Duh. You can score more points by catching falling eggs and replacing them in a nest, but while you do so, other eggs may be carried away. Shoot egg-carrying creatures as high as possible. If you hit them too close to the ground, you won't have time to catch the egg. Try to shoot egg-carrying creatures over a nest so that the egg drops into the nest. Concentrate on defending the eggs in one nest. While defending the old yolk tree, concentrate on shooting birds rather than snakes. Because all of nature is a jerk, but the birds are the biggest tools of the natural world. So, are cracked creatures, sorry, cracked creatures. Bluebird, owl, snake, dungling, rat, dragonfly, squid, anchovy, bubble, ghost, skeletons, bat, alien, meteor, spaceship. If a meteor's hurtling towards you, I think a couple of cracked eggs is going to be the least of your problems. Just saying, uh, you know, just making an observation. By the way, anchovies. I had an anchovy pizza once, early in my freshman year of college, many, many years, 20 plus years ago. I can still taste it. Now, it wasn't bad, actually, and I had an open mind. I said, yeah, I'll try this, but yeah, I can still taste it. I've had no desire to have one since, and I can still taste the one that I had. So, if any of you uh, are anchovy fans, let me know why exactly. If you shoot an egg-carrying creature, the egg drops to the ground with a sickening crack. Unless you catch it quickly by positioning the crosshairs under the falling egg while holding down the right controller button. Once you catch an egg, carry it to a nest and release the right button to deposit it. A nest cannot hold more than five eggs. If you have at least one egg left at the end of a raid, you go on to the next level. Raids may take place at different nesting sites. Each nesting site has its own set of egg-stealing creatures, but the actions of shooting creatures and retrieving falling eggs are the same at each site. The game ends when all eggs are gone. When you move on to a new nesting site, you will pass by the rooster ranch. There you endure the indignity of being pelted with eggs unless you can hit the rooster first. When the rooster pops up behind a nest, use the controller to point at the bottom and right green arrows at the rooster's face and fire. If your aim is true, the egg goes splat on the rooster's face and you're in bonus points. If you miss, you make a mess of the roost and lose points. When you arrive at the rooster ranch, you are given a stash of 10 eggs. You earn 200 points each time you hit a rooster and you lose 100 points and an egg each time you throw an egg and miss. If a rooster comes and goes and you don't throw an egg at it, you lose 100 points. And that is how you play Cracked. The game was developed by Robert Craig, credited as Robert Robert Nev, for the Atari ST and released by Atari Corporation in 1988. The same 800-port was published the same year. And in the game, you're protecting uh, bird eggs by shooting predators. Duh. A 2600 version was in development, but never released. In a 2003 interview, Robert Craig stated he was against the release of console ports as Cracked was designed as a mouse game. In the August 88 issue of ST Action Magazine, the Atari ST version of Cracked received a 58% rating. After playing the unreleased Atari 2600 prototype, a writer for Atari Protos commented, While it may have been a mediocre title for the 7800, Cracked actually made a decent 2600 game. If anyone has been able to play the prototype of the 2600, I would be curious to know what you thought of it. AtariProtos.com actually has some screenshots of what the 2600 version looked like. It looks pretty good. And their conclusion is that it, although it was mediocre for the 7800, it actually was a pretty decent 2600 game. They also are skeptical, saying that apparently hornbills like to nest in subways as well as in old trees. In the subways, which look more like a sewer to me, and which is how I referred to it in the field report, 
there are snakes, rats, and little creepy subway guys, oddly referred to as gorillas in the game code, which scare the hell out of me, according to Atari Protoss. The 7800 version has six levels, but the 2600 version is stripped down to three. But considering what they managed to cram into those two levels, adding any more would have been difficult. It's hard to figure out why Atari never released this little gem for the 2600. Not only does it look almost as good as the 7800 version, the 2600 could have used more first-person shooting games. Alright, well after the egg break, we mix up a Denver omelette of podcast goodness. Mmm-mm. Fun fact. It is unlawful to procure a Denver omelet within the city limits of Denver, Colorado. Note, all facts presented in this podcast are not actual facts. Remember, listeners, always be excellent to each other. Be a good egg to your friends. And don't let the yolk be on you. Alright, we're going to play Cracked. Which seems like a good name uh, for an 80s game. The crack epidemic being all the rage with the kids back then. I was disappointed to find out that there is no rampant drug use in this game, unfortunately. Kids don't do drugs. Alright, let's get it started. Alright, so we got a big tree. The old yolk tree, I think the manual calls it. We got snakes, we got birds, they're all jerks. They're trying to steal my eggs, man. Why I'm keeping my eggs in a tree, I don't know. In real life, I keep my eggs in the refrigerator. Although, I've heard you don't actually have to do that. I don't know. Hey, quit stealing my eggs. I've tried a couple of different controllers with this game. I've tried the uh, the standard controller that comes with the 7800. I don't like it very much in general. I don't particularly like it with this game. But my I tried my Ed Ladin, uh adapted controller too, and that one didn't seem to work very well either. So I'm very frustrated with the game. I think largely not because of the game itself, but because of the controllers that I have. If any of you have any ideas on what controller I should be using, let me know. Because I think my opinion of the game is being shaped by that. I'm finding it very frustrating. It looks good, right? Sort of whimsical looking uh, roosters. I'm at the rooster ranch right now, which I find stupidly frustrating, not just because of the controller, but you have to line up your guy, your, your pointer at the bottom of the screen, and the one on the side of the screen. What is up with that? That's just dumb. I'm playing on the easy setting, but I'm getting my butt kicked. Part of it's because I'm talking to you while I'm recording, but it's just dumb. Have I said that already? Is this rooster ranch thing going to be over soon? Well, this is fun. Die, rooster. Anyone else want some fried chicken? Is the idea, why are we trying to kill the rooster anyway? What, we're saving chicken eggs. Why are we trying to kill off the rooster? No rooster, no more eggs. Well, I guess I should say, no rooster, no more chickens. I guess you can have the eggs without the rooster. But you can't have more chickens without the rooster. Gotta be getting done with this segment soon. The egg landing with a splat looks good. The yolk, uh, little orange yolk splatters out. That looks, uh, all looks very cool. Alright, you know what? I'm just gonna throw eggs willy-nilly, as the kids say. Try and get this segment moving. Maybe actually hit something. Or not. Oh, thank God. Okay, now I'm keeping my eggs in a nest in the sewer? I don't quite know what's going on here. That seems unsanitary. 
but we got pipes, we got water. I don't know what these things are that are taking my eggs. No! My eggs splatted. Haha! -ha. No, I caught it. Jerks. Hey. Alright, well I got some points anyway. Ooh. One, two, three, four, five. I got five eggs. Four eggs left. Hey, don't take my egg. Hey, come back. Yeah, that's right, Snake. You died. Oh. I like the little peppy ending to the uh, uh, the death march there. When I go, I want them to play that little death march with the little peppy ending at the end. Make everyone feel better. On that happy note, back to you in the studio. Hey Atari fans, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Card by Card podcast. Join Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review cartridge-based games for the Atari's last answer, the 8-bit gaming system, as well as delve deep into their history. Kieran will also introduce everyone to the UK's budget games. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. So here's the thing about crack id. I was frustrated with the controllers. I don't know if it was the controllers or the, the hit detection or what, but I found the game frustrating. I think it looks good. It's kind of whimsical. It could be fun. But even on the easy setting, I was having a hell of a time. Grant, I've only played it uh, literally a few minutes. Um, but it, it just left me kind of feeling, meh. And I want to really like it. I am very curious to know what it would be like on a 2600. Because in that environment, you know, looking at the, the screenshots from Atari Protoss, I, I think it could be really cool on the 2600. But on, as a 7800 game, it kind of left me cold, I guess. And I feel bad about that. Like I said, it looks kind of whimsical and fun. Um, if you guys have any uh, strong feelings one, or, one way or the other about that, let me know. Alright, let's get on to this week's story. This week's story is, Life here is not all it's cracked up to be. To an outsider, the kingdom of Yolk could appear to be a bit of a mind scramble. The king was benevolent but stern. The dozen or so dukes and princes beneath him, desperate to make the best of their land holdings, were arrogant and harsh with the knights who managed to earn land for themselves. The knights, in turn, steeped in the ways of war, ran roughshod over feudal serfs who worked the land for scraps of grain. The serfs were a hard-boiled lot, made callous by years of rough treatment. That is, all except one. His name was H.D. H.D. was, all in all, a good three-minute egg. But he was also a daredevil and a thorn in the side of the gang of court jesters who hung out in the royal comedy cellar, which was across from the dungeon adjacent to the debtor's prison. If the jesters stood on each other's shoulders and peered into the small sliver of light emerging from a crack, they got a lovely view of the guillotine and gallows in the courtyard. The jesters resented H.D., for while they could tell jokes, H. thrilled audiences with his stunts. Balancing swords on his elbows, jamming turkey drumsticks into atypical places on his person, flipping over backward in the king's throne and landing on his feet, which he was only able to do once on a dare from a buddy drunk on mead, these kinds of things. When the king got wind of these antics, H.D.'s buddy got himself poached. H.'s feudal overlord, Duke Ovum, 
An outsider who hailed from a faraway land who had an indefinable accent had long since given up trying to dissuade H.D. I'm let him do what he wants, Goodnight Ovum would say, as long as my grain comes in. Then Ovum's overlord, Duke Hardboiled, would scramble Ovum, would scramble Ovum him until he clarified that the grain was 90% of the kingdoms, 8% hardboileds, 1.5% Ovums, and a half percent HDs. HD was never the same after the loss of his buddy. I'm pretty fried, man, he told Denny Grand Slam Jester. He tried to get back to his old excellent self. Sledding down the ice gorge of souls using the knight's round table was a bit fun, but not much else landed sunny side up for HD. One day as HD sat on the wall that lined the perimeter of the kingdom, HD had a revelation. Life is hard, he said for the first time ever. It's not over easy anymore. Overcome by the enormity of it all, HD started to bawl. Then he fell, and fell, and fell, and fell some more. It was a super high wall, you see. All the king's horses and all the king's men gathered around for the men had ridden the horses. It's not like the horses could actually do anything. Some women had gathered around too, both human and horse. Cracked his orb, he did, the leader of the knights, E.G.G. Benedict, said. The knight's manservant stepped forward, put off by the ooze that H.D. was emanating. Did he fall, or was he poached, er, pushed? Unknown, the knight's leader, E.G.G. Benedict, said. Can you... The king's manservant struggled for word. Put him together again? Glances were exchanged all around, including the horses, followed by a collective shrug, again including the horses, which is an odd thing to see. No, E.G.G. Benedict said. Humpty Dumpty is dead. Duh, the manservant nodded to the king's retinue. Then almost everyone went and had breakfast burritos, except H.D., who was still dead. Humpty Dumpty started to bawl. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men, and some women and ponies too, couldn't put H.D. together again. Past the Holland days. No, don't. Eggs are bad. Cholesterol, you know. Eat all the chicken you want, though. Save the beaks for me. Don't ask why. The end. Yay! Oh, look at that, friends. Look at that, friends. Humpty Dumpty is back together again. Yes, I am. Well, listen, uh, uh, Carmen, the Frog here of Sesame Street News here. Hi, Frog. Yes, well, I, I just wanted to ask oh, you... Oh, Sesame Street, how do I look? You look fine, yes. Thank you. But I just wanted to ask you, how does it feel to uh, have it all together again, huh? Well, golly, I just feel like a brand new person. Well, you, you certainly look like one. And uh, speaking uh, for all the egg lovers of the country, I want you to know it's very nice to have you back. Uh, uh, horses... Uh, horses, Kingsmen. Uh, oh, no. I'm awfully sorry about that. It's, uh, it didn't mean to. It was a frog that did it. Get him out of here. Get the frog out. Get the frog. I didn't. And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks also to Mike Mann for his Mad Mike update theme. You can find Atari Bytes on many podcatchers. And remember, if you want to make a review omelet, you have to break a few Apple Podcast eggs. In this way, we will expand the number of birds in our podcasting nest who can enjoy this show. You can also support the show financially at the Atari Bytes Patreon page by forking over some eggs over there. 
or by picking up Atari Bytes merchandise, which is still available here and there on Zazzle.com. So go play some old games. They've missed you items um, for your very own possession. So go check that out as well. The website is ataribytes.libson.com. You can email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the Atari Bytes Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes, B-Y-T-E-S, by the way. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. You can hit us up on Instagram, too. Occasionally, I smack a yolk up there as well. Smacking a yolk sounds somehow naughty, by the way. And don't forget to check out my other show. It's a podcast to Charlie Brown for all your animated peanuts gang needs. New episodes of that show drop on the 15th of every month, at which time you can stuff your ear holes with everything you ever wanted to know about Snoopy, Charlie Brown, the rest of the Peanuts gang, the TV specials, the comic strip, the merchandise, the very mind of Charles Schultz himself. It's all there for your listening pleasure on the 15th of every month. Next time on Atari Bytes, Video Chess. We know that video killed the radio star, but what did it do for chess? You'll have to wait till next week to find out. That's called a tease, my friends. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. Oh, 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 oh,